Chapter 1 The Crystal Sea God commands Adam, expelled from Eden, to live in the Cave of Treasures. On the third day, God planted the garden in the east of the earth, on the border of the world eastward, beyond which, towards the sun rising, one finds nothing but water that encompasses the whole world and reaches to the borders of heaven. And to the north of the garden there is a sea of water, clear and pure to the taste, unlike anything else, so that, through the clearness thereof, one may look into the depths of the earth. And when a man washes himself in it, he becomes clean of the cleanness thereof, and white of its whiteness, even if he were dark. And God created that sea of his own good pleasure, for he knew what would come of the man he would make, so that after he had left the garden on account of his transgression, men should be born in the earth. Among them are righteous ones who will die, whose souls God would raise at the last day, when all of them will return to their flesh, bathe in the water of that sea, and repent of their sins. But when God made Adam go out of the garden, he did not place him on the border of it northward. This was so that he and Eve would not be able to go near to the sea of water, where they could wash themselves in it, be cleansed from their sins, erase the transgression they had committed, and be no longer reminded of it in the thought of their punishment. As to the southern side of the garden, God did not want Adam to live there either, because when the wind blew from the north, it would bring him, on that southern side, the delicious smell of the trees of the garden. Wherefore God did not put Adam there. This was so that he would not be able to smell the sweet smell of those trees, forget his transgression, and find consolation for what he had done by taking delight in the smell of the trees, and yet not be cleansed from his transgression. Again also, because God is merciful and of great pity, and governs all things in a way that he alone knows, he made our father Adam live in the western border of the garden, because on that side the earth is very broad, and God commanded him to live there in a cave and a rock, the cave of treasures, below the garden. Chapter 2 Adam and Eve faint when they leave the garden. God sends his word to encourage them. But when our father Adam and Eve went out of the garden, they walked the ground on their feet, not knowing they were walking. And when they came to the opening of the gate of the garden, and saw the broad earth spread before them, covered with stones large and small, and with sand, they feared and trembled, and fell on their faces, from the fear that came over them, and they were as dead, because whereas until this time they had been in the garden land, beautifully planted with all manner of trees, they now saw themselves in a strange land, which they knew not, and had never seen. And because, when they were in the garden, they were filled with the grace of a bright nature, and they had not hearts turned toward earthly things. Therefore God had pity on them, and when he saw them fallen before the gate of the garden, he sent his word to our father, Adam, and Eve, and raised them from their fallen state. Chapter 3. Concerning the promise of the great five and a half days. God said to Adam, I have ordained on this earth days and years, and you and your descendants shall live and walk in them, until the days and years are fulfilled, when I shall send the word that created you, and against which you have transgressed the word that made you come out of the garden, and that raised you when you were fallen. Yes, the word that will again save you when the five and a half days are fulfilled. But when Adam heard these words from God, 
and of the great five and a half days. He did not understand the meaning of them. For Adam was thinking there would be only five and a half days for him until the end of the world. And Adam cried and prayed to God to explain it to him. Then God, in his mercy for Adam, who was made after his own image and likeness, explained to him that these were five thousand and five hundred years, and how one would then come and save him and his descendants. But before that, God had made this covenant with our father, Adam, in the same terms, before he came out of the garden, when he was by the tree where Eve took of the fruit and gave it to him to eat. Because when our father Adam came out of the garden, he passed by that tree and saw how God had changed the appearance of it into another form and how it shriveled. And as Adam went to it, he feared, trembled, and fell down. But God in his mercy lifted him up and then made this covenant with him. And again, when Adam was by the gate of the garden and saw the cherub with a sword and flashing fire in his hand, and the cherub grew angry and frowned at him, both Adam and Eve became afraid of him and thought he meant to put them to death. So they fell on their faces, trembled with fear. But he had pity on them and showed them mercy, and turning from them went up to heaven and prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, you sent me to watch at the gate of the garden with a sword of fire. But when your servants, Adam and Eve, saw me, they fell on their faces and were as dead. O oh, my Lord, what shall we do to your servants? Then God had pity on them and showed them mercy and sent his angel to keep the garden. And the word of the Lord came to Adam and Eve and raised them up. And the Lord said to Adam, I told you at the end of the five and a half days, I will send my word and save you. Strengthen your heart, therefore, and stay in the cave of treasures, of which I have before spoken to you. And when Adam heard this word from God, he was comforted with that which God had told him, for he had told him how he would save him. Chapter 4 Adam mourns over the changed conditions. Adam and Eve enter the cave of treasures. But Adam and Eve cried for having come out of the garden, their first home. And indeed, when Adam looked at his flesh that was altered, he cried bitterly, he and Eve, over what they had done. And they walked and went gently down into the cave of treasures. And as they came to it, Adam cried over himself and said to Eve, Look at this cave that is to be our prison in this world, and a place of punishment. What is it compared with the garden? What is its narrowness compared with the space of the other? What is this rock by the side of those groves? What is this gloom of this cavern compared with the light of the garden? What is this overhanging ledge of rock to shelter us compared with the mercy of the Lord that overshadowed us? What is the soil of this cave compared with the garden land, this earth strewed with stones and that planted with delicious fruit trees? And Adam said to Eve, Look at your eyes and at mine, which before beheld angels praising in heaven, and they too without ceasing. But now we do not see as we did. Our eyes have become of flesh. They cannot see like they used to see before. Adam said again to Eve, what is our body today compared to what it was in former days when we lived in the garden? After this, Adam did not want to enter the cave under the overhanging rock, nor would he ever want to enter it. But he bowed to God's orders and said to himself, Unless I enter the cave, I shall again be a transgressor. Chapter 5 
Eve makes a noble and emotional intercession, taking the blame on herself. Then Adam and Eve entered the cave and stood praying in their own tongue, unknown to us, but which they knew well. And as they prayed, Adam raised his eyes and saw the rock in the roof of the cave that covered him overhead. This prevented him from seeing either heaven or God's creatures. So he cried and beat his chest hard until he dropped and was as dead. And Eve sat crying, for she believed he was dead. Then she got up, spread her hands toward God, appealing to him for mercy and pity, and said, O oh God, forgive me my sin, the sin which I committed, and don't remember it against me. For I alone caused your servant to fall from the garden into this condemned land, from light into this darkness, and from the house of joy into this prison. O oh God, look at this, your servant, fallen in this manner, and bring him back to life, that he may cry and repent of his transgression which he committed through me. Don't take away his soul right now, but let him live that he may stand after the measure of his repentance, and do your will as before his death. But if you do not bring him back to life then, O God, take away my own soul, that I be like him, and leave me not in this dungeon, one and alone. For I could not stand alone in this world, but with him only. For you, O God, caused him to fall asleep, and took a bone from his side, and restored the flesh in the place of it, by your divine power. And you took me, the bone, and made me a woman, bright like him, with heart, reason, and speech and in flesh, like to his own. And you made me after the likeness of his looks, by your mercy and power. O Lord, I and he are one, and you, O God, are our creator. You are he who made us both in one day. Therefore, O God, give him life, that he may be with me in this strange land, while we live in it on account of our transgression. But if you will not give him life, then take me, even me, like him, that we both may die the same day. And Eve cried bitterly and fell on our father Adam from her great sorrow. Chapter 6 God's reprimand to Adam and Eve in which he points out how and why they sinned. But God looked at them, for they had killed themselves through a great grief. But he decided to raise them and comfort them. He therefore sent his word to them that they should stand and be raised immediately. And the Lord said to Adam and Eve, you transgressed of your own free will until you came out of the garden in which I had placed you. Of your own free will have you transgressed through your desire for divinity, greatness, and an exalted state such as I have, so that I deprived you of the bright nature in which you then were, and I made you come out of the garden to this land, rough and full of trouble. If only you had not transgressed my commandment and had kept my law, and had not eaten of the fruit of the tree which I told you not to come near, and there were fruit trees in the garden better than that one. But the wicked Satan did not keep his faith and had no good intent towards me, that although I had created him, he considered me to be useless and sought the Godhead for himself. For this I hurled him down from heaven, so that he could not remain in his first estate. It was he who made the tree appear pleasant in your eyes, until you ate of it by believing his words. Thus have you transgressed my commandment, and therefore I have brought on you all these sorrows. For I am God the Creator, who, when I created my creatures, did not intend to destroy them. But after they had sorely roused my anger, I punished them with grievous plagues, until they repent. But 
If, on the contrary, they still continue hardened in their transgression, they shall be under a curse forever. Chapter 7 The Beasts Are Appeased When Adam and Eve heard these words from God, they cried and sobbed yet more. But they strengthened their hearts in God, because they now felt that the Lord was to them like a father and a mother. And for this very reason they cried before him and sought mercy from him. Then God had pity on them and said, O Adam, I have made my covenant with you, and I will not turn from it. Neither will I let you return to the garden until my covenant of the great five and a half days is fulfilled. Then Adam said to God, O Lord, you created us and made us fit to be in the garden. And before I transgressed, you made all beasts come to me that I should name them. Your grace was then on me, and I named every one according to your mind, and you made them all subject to me. But now, O Lord God, that I have transgressed your commandment, all beasts will rise against me and will devour me, and Eve, your handmaid, and will cut off our life from the face of the earth. I therefore beg you, O God, that since you have made us come out of the garden, and have made us be in a strange land, you will not let the beasts hurt us. When the Lord heard these words from Adam, he had pity on him, and felt that he had truly said that the beasts of the field would rise and devour him and Eve because he, the Lord, was angry with the two of them on account of their transgressions. Then God commanded the beasts and the birds and all that moves on the earth to come to Adam and to be familiar with him and not to trouble him and eat, nor yet any of the good and righteous among their offspring. Then all the beasts paid homage to Adam according to the commandment of God, except the serpent against which God was angry. It did not come to Adam with the beasts, Chapter 8. The Bright Nature of Man is Taken Away Then Adam cried and said, O God, when we lived in the garden and our hearts were lifted up, we saw the angels that sang praises in heaven. But now we can't see you like we used to. No, when we entered the cave, all creation became hidden from us. Then God the Lord said to Adam, When you were under subjection to me, you had a bright nature within you, and for that reason could you see things far away. But after your transgression, your bright nature was withdrawn from you, and it was not left to you to see things far away, but only near at hand, after the ability of the flesh, for it is brutish. When Adam and Eve had heard these words from God, they went their way, praising and worshipping him with a sorrowful heart, and God ceased to commune with them. Chapter 9 Water from the Tree of Life Adam and Eve near drowning then Adam and Eve came out of the cave of treasures, and went near to the garden gate, and there they stood to look at it, and cried for having come away from it. And Adam and Eve went from before the gate of the garden to the southern side of it, and found there the water that watered the garden, from the root of the tree of life, and that split itself from there into four rivers over the earth. Then they came and went near to that water, and looked at it, and saw that it was the water that came forth from under the root of the tree of life in the garden. And Adam cried and wailed and beat his chest for being severed from the garden, and said to Eve, Why have you brought on me, on yourself and on our descendants, so many of these plagues and punishments? And Eve said to him, What is it you have seen that has caused you to cry and to speak to me in this manner? And he said to Eve, Do you not see this water that was with us in the garden, that watered the trees of the garden, and flowed out from there? And we, when we were in the garden, did not care about it. 
but since we came to this strange land, we love it, and turn it to use for our body. But when Eve heard these words from him, she cried, and from the soreness of their crying they fell into that water, and would have put an end to themselves in it, so as never again to return and behold the creation. For when they looked at the work of creation, they felt they must put an end to themselves. Chapter 10 Their bodies need water after they leave the garden. Then God, merciful and gracious, looked at them thus lying in the water and close to death, and sent an angel, who brought them out of the water and laid them on the seashore as dead. Then the angel went up to God, was welcome, and said, O God, your creatures have breathed their last. Then God sent his word to Adam and Eve, who raised them from their death. And Adam said, after he was raised, O God, while we were in the garden, we did not require or care for this water. But since we came to this land, we cannot do without it. Then God said to Adam, While you were under my command and were a bright angel, you knew not this water. But now that you have transgressed my commandment, you cannot do without water, wherein to wash your body and make it grow. For it is now like that of beasts, and it is in want of water. When Adam and Eve heard these words from God, they cried a bitter cry, and Adam entreated God to let him return into the garden and look at it a second time. But God said to Adam, I have made you a promise. When that promise is fulfilled, I will bring you back into the garden, you and your righteous descendants. And God ceased to commune with Adam. Chapter 11 A Recollection of the Glorious Days in the Garden Then Adam and Eve felt themselves burning with thirst and heat and sorrow. And Adam said to Eve, We shall not drink of this water, even if we were to die. O Eve, when this water comes into our inner parts, it will increase our punishments and that of our descendants. Both Adam and Eve then went away from the water, and drank none of it at all, but came and entered the cave of treasures. But when in it Adam could not see Eve, he only heard the noise she made. Neither could she see Adam, but heard the noise he made. Then Adam cried in deep affliction and beat his chest. And he got up and said to Eve, Where are you? And she said to him, Look, I am standing in this darkness. He then said to her, Remember the bright nature in which we lived when we lived in the garden? O Eve, remember the glory that rested on us in the garden. O Eve, remember the trees that overshadowed us in the garden while we moved among them. O Eve, remember that while we were in the garden we knew neither night nor day. Think of the tree of life, from below which flowed the water, and that shed luster over us. Remember, O Eve, the garden land and the brightness thereof. Think, oh, think of that garden in which was no darkness while we lived in it. Whereas no sooner did we come into this cave of treasures than darkness surrounded us all around, until we can no longer see each other, and all the pleasure of this life has come to an end. Chapter 12 How Darkness Came Between Adam and Eve Then Adam beat his chest, he and Eve, and they mourned the whole night until the crack of dawn. And they sighed over the length of the night in Miatziah, and Adam beat himself and threw himself on the ground in the cave from bitter grief and because of the darkness, and lay there as dead. But Eve heard the noise he made in falling on the ground, and she felt about for him with her hands and found him like a corpse. Then she was afraid, speechless, and remained by him. The merciful Lord looked down on the death of Adam and on Eve's silence from fear of the darkness. And the word of God came to Adam and raised him from his death and opened Eve's mouth that she might speak. Then Adam stood up in the cave and said, O God, why has light departed from us and darkness covered us? 
Why did you leave us in this long darkness? Why do you plague us like this? In this darkness, O Lord, where was it before it covered us? It is because of this that we cannot see each other. For so long as we were in the garden, we neither saw nor even knew what darkness is. I was not hidden from Eve, neither was she hidden from me, until now that she cannot see me, and no darkness came over us to separate us from each other. But she and I were both in one bright light. I saw her and she saw me. Yet now since we came into this cave, darkness has covered us and separated us from each other, so that I do not see her and she does not see me. O Lord, will you then plague us with this darkness? Chapter 13 The Fall of Adam Why Night and Day Were Created Then when God, who is merciful and full of pity, heard Adam's voice, he said to him, O Adam, so long as the good angel was obedient to me, a bright light rested on him and on his hosts. But when he transgressed my commandment, I deprived him of that bright nature, and he became dark. And when he was in the heavens, in the realms of light, he knew nothing of darkness. But he transgressed, and I made him fall from the heaven onto the earth. And it was this darkness that came over him. And on you, O Adam, while in my garden, and obedient to me, did that bright light rest also. But when I heard of your transgression, I deprived you of that bright light. Yet of my mercy I did not turn you into darkness, but I made you your body of flesh, over which I spread this skin, in order that it may bear cold and heat. If I had let my wrath fall heavily on you, I should have destroyed you. And had I turned you into darkness, it would have been as if I had killed you. But in my mercy I have made you as you are. When you transgress my commandment, O Adam, I drove you from the garden, and made you come forth into this land, and commanded you to live in this cave, and darkness covered you, as it did over him who transgressed my commandment. Thus, O Adam, has this night deceived you. It is not to last forever, but is only of twelve hours. When it is over, daylight will return. Sigh not, therefore, neither be moved, and say not in your heart that this darkness is long and drags on wearily. And say not in your heart that I plague you with it. Strengthen your heart and be not afraid. This darkness is not a punishment. But, O Adam, I have made the day and have placed the sun in it to give light, in order that you and your children should do your work. For I knew you would sin and transgress and come out into this land. Yet I wouldn't force you, nor be heard over you, nor shut up, nor doom you through your fall, nor through your coming out from light into darkness nor yet through your coming from the garden into this land. For I made you of the light, and I willed to bring out children of light from you and like to you. But you did not keep my commandment one day until I had finished the creation and blessed everything in it. Then concerning the tree I commanded you not to eat of it, yet I knew that Satan, who deceived himself, would also deceive you. So I made known to you by means of the tree not to come near him, and I told you not to eat of the fruit thereof, nor to taste of it, nor yet to sit under it, nor to yield to it. Had I not been and spoken to you, O Adam, concerning the tree, and had I left you without a commandment, and you had sinned, it would have been an offense on my part, for not having given you an order, you would turn around and blame me for it. But I commanded you and warned you, and you fell, so that my creatures cannot blame me, but the blame rests on them alone. And, O Adam, I have made the day so that you and your descendants can work and toil in it, and I have made the night for them to rest in it from their work. 
and for the beasts of the field to go forth by night and look for their food. But little of darkness now remains, O Adam, and daylight will soon appear. Chapter 14 The Earliest Prophecy of the Coming of Christ Then Adam said to God, O Lord, take you my soul, and let me not see this gloom any more, or remove me to some place where there is no darkness. But God the Lord said to Adam, Indeed, I say to you, this darkness will pass from you. Every day I have determined for you until the fulfillment of my covenant, when I will save you and bring you back again into the garden, into the house of light you long for, in which there is no darkness. I will bring you to it in the kingdom of heaven. Again said God to Adam, All this misery that you have been made to take on yourself because of your transgression will not free you from the hand of Satan and will not save you. But I will, when I shall come down from heaven, and shall become flesh of your descendants, and take on myself the infirmity from which you suffer. Then the darkness that covered you in this cave shall cover me in the grave, when I am in the flesh of your descendants. And I, who am without years, shall be subject to the reckoning of years, of times, of months, and of days, and I shall be reckoned as one of the sons of men, in order to save you. And God ceased to commune with Adam. Chapter 15 Adam and Eve grieve over the suffering of God to save them from their sins. Then Adam and Eve cried and sorrowed by reason of God's words to them, that they should not return to the garden until the fulfillment of the days decreed on them, but mostly because God had told them that he should suffer for their salvation. Chapter 16 The First Sunrise Adam and Eve think it is a fire coming to burn them. After this, Adam and Eve continued to stand in the cave, praying and crying until the morning dawned on them. And when they saw the light return to them, they refrained from fear and strengthened their hearts. Then Adam began to come out of the cave. And when he came to the mouth of it, and stood and turned his face towards the east, and saw the sunrise in glowing rays, and felt the heat thereof on his body, he was afraid of it, and thought in his heart that this flame came forth to plague him. He then cried and beat his chest. Then he fell on the ground on his face and made his request, saying, O Lord, plague me not, neither consume me, nor yet take away my life from the earth. For he thought the Son was God. Because while he was in the garden and heard the voice of God and the sound he made in the garden, and feared him, Adam never saw the brilliant light of the sun, neither did its flaming heat touch his body. Therefore he was afraid of the sun when flaming rays of it reached him. He thought God meant to plague him therewith all the days he had decreed for him. For Adam also said in his thoughts, As God did not plague us with darkness, behold, he has caused the sun to rise and to plague us with burning heat. But while he was thinking like this in his heart, the word of God came to him and said, O oh Adam, get up on your feet. This sun is not God, but it has been created to give light by day, of which I spoke to you in the cave, saying, that the dawn would come and there would be light by day. But I am God who comforted you in the night. And God ceased to commune with Adam. Chapter 17 The Chapter of the Serpent Then Adam and Eve came out of the mouth of the cave and went towards the garden. But as they went near it, before the western gate, from which Satan came when he deceived Adam and Eve, they found the serpent that became Satan coming at the gate, and sorrowfully licking the dust, and wiggling on its breast on the ground by reason of the curse that fell on it from God. And whereas before the serpent was the most exalted of all beasts, now it was changed and became slippery, and the meanest of them all, and it crept on its breast and went on its belly. 
and whereas it was the fairest of all beasts, it had been changed, and was become the ugliest of them all. Instead of feeding on the best food, now it turned to eat the dust. Instead of living, as before, in the best places, now it lived in the dust. And whereas it had been the most beautiful of all beasts, all of which stood dumb at its beauty, it was now abhorred of them. And again, whereas it lived in one beautiful home to which all other animals came from elsewhere, and where it drank, they drank also of the same. Now, after it had become venomous by reason of God's curse, all beasts fled from its home, and would not drink of the water it drank, but fled from it. Chapter 18 The Mortal Combat with the Serpent When the accursed serpent saw Adam and Eve, it swelled its head, stood on its tail, and with eyes blood red, acted like it would kill them. It made straight for Eve and ran after her, while Adam, standing by, cried because he had no stick in his hand with which to hit the serpent, and did not know how to put it to death. But with a heart burning for Eve, Adam approached the serpent and held it by the tail, when it turned towards him and said to him, O oh Adam, because of you and of Eve, I am slippery, and go on my belly. Then with its great strength it threw down Adam and Eve and squeezed them and tried to kill them. But God sent an angel who threw the serpent away from them, and raised them up. Then the word of God came to the serpent and said to it, The first time I made you slick, and made you to go on your belly, but I did not deprive you of speech. This time, however, you will be mute, and you and your race will speak no more, because the first time my creatures were ruined because of you, and this time you tried to kill them. Then the serpent was struck mute, and was no longer able to speak. And a wind blew down from heaven by the command of God, and carried away the serpent from Adam and Eve, and threw it on the seashore, where it landed in India. Chapter 19 The Beasts Made Subject to Adam But Adam and Eve cried before God, and Adam said to him, O Lord, when I was in the cave, I said this to you, my Lord, the beasts of the field would rise and devour me, and cut off my life from the earth. Then Adam, because of what had happened to him, beat his chest and fell on the ground like a corpse. Then the word of God came to him who raised him, and said to him, O Adam, not one of these beasts will be able to hurt you, because I have made the beasts and other moving things come to you in the cave. I did not let the serpent come with them, because it might have risen against you and made you tremble, and the fear of it should fall into your hearts. For I knew that the accursed one is wicked, therefore I would not let it come near you with the other beasts. But now strengthen your heart and fear not. I am with you to the end of the days I have determined on you. Chapter 20 Adam Wishes to Protect Eve Then Adam cried and said, O God, take us away to some other place, where the serpent cannot come near us again, and rise against us, for fear that it might find your handmaid Eve alone and kill her, for its eyes are hideous and evil. But God said to Adam and Eve, From now on don't be afraid. I will not let it come near you. I have driven it away from you, from this mountain. Neither will I leave it in the ability to hurt you. Then Adam and Eve worshipped before God and gave him thanks, and praised him for having delivered them from death. Chapter 21 Then Adam and Eve went in search of the garden. And the heat beat like a flame on their faces, and they sweated from the heat, and cried before the Lord. But the place where they cried was close to a high mountain, facing the western gate of the garden. Then Adam threw himself down from the top of that mountain. His face was torn, 
and his flesh was ripped. He lost a lot of blood and was close to death. Meanwhile, Eve remained standing on the mountain, crying over him, thus lying. And she said, I don't wish to live after him, for all that he did to himself was through me. Then she threw herself after him, and was torn and ripped by stones, and remained lying as dead. But the merciful God, who looks over his creatures, looked at Adam and Eve as they lay dead, and he sent his word to them, and raised them, and said to Adam, O Adam, all this misery which you have brought on yourself will have no effect against my rule, neither will it alter the covenant of the five thousand five hundred years. Chapter 22 Then Adam said to God, I dry up in the heat, I am faint from walking, and I don't want to be in this world, and I don't know when you will take me out of it to rest. Then the Lord God said to him, O Adam, it cannot be now, not until you have ended your days. Then shall I bring you out of this miserable land. And Adam said to God, While I was in the garden, I knew neither heat, nor languor, neither moving about, nor trembling, nor fear. But now, since I came to this land, all this affliction has come over me. Then God said to Adam, So long as you were keeping my commandment, my light and my grace rested on you. But when you transgressed my commandment, sorrow and misery came to you in this land. And Adam cried and said, O Lord, do not cut me off for this, neither punish me with heavy plagues, nor yet repay me according to my sin. For we, of our own will, transgressed your commandment, and ignored your law, and tried to become gods like you, when Satan the enemy deceived us. Then God said again to Adam, Because you have endured fear and trembling in this land, languor and suffering, treading and walking about, going on this mountain and dying from it, I will take all this on myself in order to save you. Chapter 23 Adam and Eve strengthen themselves and make the first altar ever built. Then Adam cried more and said, O God, have mercy on me, so far as to take on yourself that which I will do. But God withdrew his word from Adam and Eve. Then Adam and Eve stood on their feet, and Adam said to Eve, Strengthen yourself, and I also will strengthen myself. And she strengthened herself, as Adam told her. Then Adam and Eve took stones and placed them in the shape of an altar, and they took leaves from the trees outside the garden, with which they wiped, from the face of the rock, the blood they had spilled. But that which had dropped on the sand they took together with the dust with which it was mingled and offered it on the altar as an offering to God. Then Adam and Eve stood under the altar and cried, thus praying to God, Forgive us our trespass and our sin, and look at us with thine eye of mercy. For when we were in the garden, our praises and our hymns went up before you without ceasing. But when we came into this strange land, pure praise was not longer ours, nor righteous prayer, nor understanding hearts, nor sweet thoughts, nor just counsels, nor long discernment, nor upright feelings. Neither is our bright nature left us. But our body is changed from the likeness in which it was at first, when we were created. Yet now look at our blood which is offered on these stones, and accept it at our hands, like the praise we used to sing to you at first, when in the garden. And Adam began to make more requests of God. The original of the Lord's Prayer said to be used about 150 years before our Lord. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, be gracious unto us. O Lord our God, hallowed be your name, and let the remembrance of thee be glorified heaven above and upon earth here below. Let your kingdom reign over us now and forever. The holy men of old said, Remit and forgive unto all men whatsoever they have done unto me. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil things. For thine is the kingdom, and thou shalt reign in glory forever and forevermore. Amen. Chapter 24 A Vivid Prophecy of the Life and Death of Christ Then the merciful God, good and lover of men, looked at Adam and Eve, and at their blood, which they had held up as an offering to him, without an order from him for so doing. But he wondered at them, and accepted their offerings. And God sent from his presence a bright fire that consumed their offering. He smelled the sweet savor of their offering, and showed them mercy. Then came the word of God to Adam, and said to him, O Adam, as you have shed your blood, so will I shed my own blood when I become flesh of your descendants. And as you died, O Adam, so also will I die. And as you built an altar, so also will I make for you an altar of the earth. And as you offered your blood on it, so also will I offer my blood on an altar on the earth. And as you sued for forgiveness through that blood, so also will I make my blood forgiveness of sins, and erase transgressions in it. And now behold, I have accepted your offering, O Adam, but the days of the covenant in which I have bound you are not fulfilled. When they are fulfilled, then will I bring you back into the garden. Now therefore strengthen your heart, and when sorrow comes over you, make me an offering, and I will be favorable to you. Chapter 25 God represented as merciful and loving, the establishing of worship. But God knew that Adam believed he should frequently kill himself and make an offering to him of his blood. Therefore he said to him, O Adam, don't ever kill yourself like this again by throwing yourself down from that mountain. But Adam said to God, I was thinking to put an end to myself at once, for having transgressed your commandments, and for my having come out of the beautiful garden, and for the bright light of which you have deprived me, and for the praises which poured forth from my mouth without ceasing, and for the light that covered me. Yet of your goodness, O God, do not get rid of me altogether, but be favorable to me every time I die, and bring me to life and thereby it will be made known that you are a merciful God, who does not want anyone to perish, who loves not that one should fall, and who does not condemn anyone cruelly, badly, and by whole destruction. Then Adam remained silent. And the word of God came to him, and blessed him, and comforted him, and covenanted with him, that he would save him at the end of days determined for him. This then was the first offering Adam made to God, and so it became his custom to do. Chapter 26 A Beautiful Prophecy of Eternal Life and Joy The Fall of Night Then Adam took Eve, and they began to return to the cave of treasures where they lived. But when they got closer to it and saw it from a distance, heavy sorrow fell on Adam and Eve when they looked at it. Then Adam said to Eve, When we were on the mountain, we were comforted by the word of God that conversed with us, and the light that came from the east shone over us. But now the word of God is hidden from us, and the light that shone over us is so changed as to disappear, and let darkness and sorrow come over us. And we are forced to enter this cave which is like a prison, in which darkness covers us, so that we are separated from each other, and you cannot see me, neither can I see you. When Adam had said these words, they cried and spread their hands before God, for they were full of sorrow. And they prayed to God to bring the sun to them, to shine on them 
so that darkness would not return to them, and that they wouldn't have to go under this covering of rock, and they wished to die rather than see the darkness. Then God looked at Adam and Eve and at their great sorrow, and at all that they had done with a fervent heart on account of all the trouble they were in, instead of their former well-being, and on account of all the misery that came over them in a strange land. Therefore God was not angry with them, nor impatient with them, but he was patient and forbearing towards them, as towards the children he had created. Then came the word of God to Adam, and said to him, Adam, as for the sun, if I were to take it and bring it to you, days, hours, years, and months would all stop, and the covenant I have made with you would never be fulfilled. But then you would be deserted and stuck in a perpetual plague, and you would never be saved. Yes, rather, bear long and calm your soul while you live night and day, until the fulfillment of the days and the time of my covenant is come. Then shall I come and save you, O Adam, for I do not wish that you be afflicted. And when I look at all the good things in which you lived, and why you came out of them, then would I willingly show you mercy. But I cannot alter the covenant that has gone out of my mouth, otherwise I would have brought you back into the garden. When, however, the covenant is fulfilled, then shall I show you and your descendants mercy, and bring you into a land of gladness, where there is neither sorrow nor suffering, but abiding joy and gladness, and light that never fails, and praises that never cease, and a beautiful garden that shall never pass away. And God said again to Adam, Be patient and enter the cave for the darkness of which you were afraid shall only be twelve hours long, and when ended, light shall come up. Then when Adam heard these words from God, he and Eve worshipped before him, and their hearts were comforted. They returned into the cave after their custom, while tears flowed from their eyes. Sorrow and wailing came from their hearts, and they wished their soul would leave their body. And Adam and Eve stood praying until the darkness of night came over them, and Adam was hid from Eve, and she from him and they remained standing in prayer. Legend of the Wood of the Cross When Adam feels death approaching, he sends his son, Seth, to the earthly paradise for solace. From the tree of life, Seth receives three twigs. The angel, Michael, allows him a glimpse of paradise. There he sees a child crying on the top of a tree that first was dry and then became green. The child weeps over the fratricide. He promises salvation in five thousand years. Back home, Seth plants the twigs on the grave of his erstwhile deceased father. In a vision, Moses is asked to go and get the tree at Hebron. So he does. He makes the bitter waters of Merah sweet with the tree, and later plants it in the land of Moab where he dies. Again in a vision, also David is asked to pick up the tree in the land of Moab. So he does. On his way to Jerusalem, he heals a leper and turns an Ethiopian into a white man by merely touching them with the tree. At home, the tree roots so deeply that David has to divert the city walls. Beneath the tree there came a well. David composes his psalms at the tree's stem. The tree becomes really big and beautiful by the time of Solomon. Solomon cuts down the tree for the construction of the temple, but the wood constantly changes its dimension, refusing to fit the temple. Neglected, the wood appropriately is arched over the river Kedron. 
It is on this wooden bridge that the meeting between Solomon and the Queen of Sheba takes place. She foretells that the wood will one day support the Messiah, who shall be executed by the Jews. Filled with mistrust, Solomon tosses the wood into a puddle, the Piscina Probatica, today near St. Anne's. In the time of the Passion of Christ, however, the wood is found floating, and the Jews fashion a cross from it. Later, the Romans will crucify Christ on it. Hereafter follows the finding of the true cross. This is the Feast of May 3rd. The story picks up again on 14th September with the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. The relic of Helen was stolen by the Persian Khosras, but Heraclius, the Byzantine emperor, recuperates it in a battle, kills Khosras, baptizes his son, and brings the relic back humbly barefooted through the Porta Aurea of Jerusalem. Thus goes the legend as it became widespread in the 13th century. This early Christian concept varied on the synthesis between the cross and the tree of life, between paradise and the sacrifice. It is known that this typological exegesis started its rampant dissemination in the 12th century. From then onwards, the cross was made part of a dachronic shadow play between the Old and New Testament. The cross was already there in its potential form in the staff of Moses, in the Tau of Aaron, etc. The idea that the material of the Old Testament wood would effectively become the bearer of the Messiah was unfolded in the narrative since the 12th century from the book of Genesis to the Passion. The first traces of the origins of the legend are evident in the church history of Petrus Comestor, Johannes Belathus, and Godfrey of Viterbo's Pantheon. Jacobus de Voragine names the first two as his authorities in his Legenda Aurea, circa 1260. It is most probable that the 12th century authors picked up their material from oral circuits, but monastic backgrounds can also be traced back to the 11th century, and even further back in time we find dualistic milieus, like the 9th century bogomils. Philologists consider this milieu responsible for the syncretism between the two origins. One group originated around the figure of Seth in Greek Apocrypha about the life of the protoplast. The other group developed around the Moses lore and mainly Slavonic manuscripts on the basis of Exodus. Another important but exclusively Slavonic feature is the story of a threefold tree withered by a lot. Isaiah's reference to the cedar, the cypress, and the pine while making the place of my feet glorious have always been understood as relating to the three types of wood that were made in the construction of the cross of Christ. In fact, this is the founding legend of the Holy Cross Monastery in Jerusalem. The legend of the wood of the cross was deeply rooted in the anthropology and mythology of the Christian world, which is evidenced by its diffusion over all the classical languages of the sacred word, and in later times also in the vernaculars of Western Europe. What is the common concept and purpose of this tradition, in the light of sacred space and hierotopy? The legend follows the wood of the cross on its pilgrimage from the tree of life to its final destiny as the instrument of the passion. The old patristic symbolic superposition of paradise with Jerusalem develops in a diachronic narrative. The selection as well as the interlace of passages based on the books of the Bible are pivoted by three mechanisms, 
Firstly, those passages in the OT are selected with reference to the wood, for example, or to well-known prophecies concerning the cross, the role of the Queen of Sheba, for example. The legend's theme of the Queen of Sheba as a prophetess was influenced by the Byzantine Sibylline genre. The legend of the wood of the cross alludes to the biblical passage that tells of her meeting with Solomon, but here she appears in the role of Sibyl. She is the first to venerate the wood with a foreknowledge of the passion. Petrus Comestor, Death 1178, describes her identification of the wood in the Domus Saltus. John Baleth locates the event at the bridge over the Kedron. The queen is part of a wider intercultural network. Her meeting with Solomon inspired Jewish, Islamic, and Christian Apocrypha. Her proto-demonic origin connects her to Lilith, the demon queen, and Semiramis, the consort of the Assyrian king, Salshadad, the fifth, 824-810 BC. And as a bringer of gifts, she is associated with the three magi. Secondly, the legend of the wood of the cross was based on convictions of tradition. David and Solomon are believed to have dug important water channels in Jerusalem, thus founding the lower city, connecting it with main springs outside the city, such as Gihon. Finally, also geographic particularities of the Holy Land became important features in the legend. Both Mera, Moab, and the Kedron Valley were known for their lands with natural water sources and sheltering woods. In other words, the legend of the wood is also about the primal concern of mankind, fertility, and regeneration of nature, embodied by archetypes, triangles of sacred space, a tree-well mountain. In that sense, the legend of the wood defines the shifts from two concurring centers of the world, the archetypical omphalos of Semitic cosmology, the creation and death of Adam, shifts to that other omphalos of Christian cosmology, the death and resurrection of Christ. Between both omphaloi, a linear time, a time of expectation is spread out. The legend of the wood of the cross tells about the patience of salvation. Secondly, the legend of the wood defines the very founding of Jerusalem. How a tree decided to root on that certain spot, how this rooting generated a well, how one king gave the well a wall in honor of God, and finally, how the other king gave the hill a house for God. Thirdly, the legend of the wood develops the old vertical paleo-Christian metaphors between paradise and Jerusalem into a linear determination of biblical time and space. This determination is reviled from without. Indeed, from divine hierophany, the biblical kings and protagonists act unconsciously in the divine conspiracy. Only Seth and the Queen of Sheba are gifted with the secret knowledge of the Messiah and his crucifixion, a secret knowledge that mirrors the necessity of nature itself. The Life of Adam and Eve, or the Apocalypse of Moses When Adam and Eve were expelled from paradise, they made for themselves a tent and spent seven days mourning and lamenting in great sadness. But after seven days they began to be hungry and sought food to eat and did not find any. Eve told Adam, Adam, my lord, then Eve said to Adam, My lord, I am hungry. Go seek for us something to eat. Perhaps the Lord God will look upon us and have mercy on us and will call us back to the place where we were previously. 
And Adam arose and walked for seven days over all that land, but did not find food such as they had in paradise. Eve said to Adam, My Lord, would that I might die. Perhaps then the Lord God would bring you back into paradise, for it was because of me that the Lord God grew angry with you. Do you wish to kill me that I might die? Perhaps the Lord God will bring you back into paradise, since on account of my action you were expelled from there. Adam responded, Don't say such things, Eve, lest the Lord bring upon us some other curse. How could it be that I should raise my hand against my own flesh? Let us arise and seek for ourselves something by which we might live, so that we might not perish. Walking about, they searched for many days, but did not find anything like they had in paradise. They only found what animals eat. Adam said to Eve, The Lord gave these things to animals and beasts to eat. Ours, however, was the angelic food, but justly and worthily do we lament before the face of God who made us. Let us perform a great penitence. Perhaps the Lord God will yield and have mercy on us and give us something by which we might live. Eve said to Adam, My Lord, tell me what is penitence, and how long should I perform it? Lest perhaps we place on ourselves a labor which we cannot endure, and he not hear our prayers. And the Lord turned his face from us because we did not fulfill what we promised. My Lord, how much penitence are you thinking of doing since I brought labor and tribulation upon you? Adam said to Eve, You cannot do as much as I, but do as much so that you might be saved. For I will do forty days of fasting. You, however, arise and go to the Tigris River and take a stone and stand upon it in the water up to your neck in the depth of the river. Let not a word go forth from your mouth, since we are unworthy to ask of the Lord, for our lips are unclean from the illicit and forbidden tree. Stand in the water of the Jordan for thirty-seven days. I, however, will do forty days in the water of the Jordan. Perhaps the Lord will have mercy on us. Eve walked to the Tigris River and did just as Adam told her. Likewise, Adam walked to the Jordan River and stood upon a rock up to his neck in the water. Adam said, I say to you, water of the Jordan, mourn with me and separate from me all swimming creatures which are in you. Let them surround me and mourn with me. Let them not lament for themselves but for me, for they have not sinned but I. Immediately all living things came and surrounded him, and the water of the Jordan stood from that hour not flowing in its course. Eighteen days passed. Then Satan grew angry and transfigured himself into the brilliance of an angel and went off to the Tigris River to Eve. He found her weeping, and then the devil himself, as if mourning with her, began to weep and said to her, Come out of the water and rest and weep no longer. Cease now from your sadness and lamenting. Why are you uneasy, you and your husband Adam? The Lord God has heard your lamenting and accepted your penitence. All of us angels have pleaded for you, praying to the Lord. And he sent me to lead you forth from the water, and to give you the nourishment which you had in paradise, and for which you have grieved. Now therefore come out of the water, and I will lead you to the place where your food is prepared. Hearing this, Eve believed him and went out of the water of the river. Her flesh was like grass from the water's coldness. When she had come out, she fell to the ground. But the devil stood her up and led her to Adam. When Adam saw her and the devil with her, he cried out with tears, saying, O Eve, O Eve, where is the work of your penitence? How have you again been seduced by our adversary? 
through whom we were alienated from the dwelling of paradise and spiritual happiness. When he heard this, she knew that it was the devil who had persuaded her to go out from the river. And she fell on her face on the ground, and her grief was double, as was her wailing and lamentation. She cried out, saying, Woe to you, devil! For what reason do you fight against us? What concern do you have with us? What have we done to you that you should persecute us so grievously? Why does your malice extend to us? Did we ever take your glory from you or cause you to be without honor? Why do you persecute us, O enemy, impiously and jealously unto death? Groaning, the devil said, O Adam, all my enmity, jealousy, and resentment is towards you, since on account of you I was expelled and alienated from my glory, which I had in heaven in the midst of the angels. On account of you I was cast out upon the earth. Adam answered, what have I done to you? What fault do I have against you, since you have not been harmed nor injured by us? Why do you persecute us? The devil answered, Adam, what are you saying to me? On account of you, I was cast out from heaven. When you were formed, I was cast out from the face of God, and was sent forth from the company of the angels. When God blew into you the breath of life, and your countenance and likeness were made in the image of God, Michael led you and made you worship in the sight of God. The Lord God then said, Behold, Adam, I have made you in our image and likeness. Having gone forth, Michael called all the angels, saying, Worship the image of the Lord God, just as the Lord God has commanded. Michael himself worshipped first. Then he called me and said, Worship the image of God, Jehovah. I answered, I do not have it within me to worship Adam. When Michael compelled me to worship, I said to him, Why do you compel me? I will not worship him who is lower and posterior to me. I am prior to that creature. Before he was made, I had already been made. He ought to worship me. Hearing this, other angels who were under me were unwilling to worship him. Michael said, Worship the image of God. If you do not worship, the Lord God will grow angry with you. Satan said, If he grows angry with me, I will place my seat above the stars of heaven, and I will be like the Most High. Then the Lord God grew angry with me and sent me forth with my angels from our glory. On account of you we were expelled from our dwelling into this world and cast out upon the earth. Immediately we were in grief since we had been despoiled of so much glory and we grieved to see you in such a great happiness of delights. By a trick I cheated your wife, and caused you to be expelled through her from the delights of your happiness, just as I had been expelled from my glory. Hearing this, Adam cried out with a great shout because of the devil, and said, O Lord my God, in your hands is my life. Make this adversary of mine be far away from me, who seeks to ruin my soul. Give me his glory which he himself lost. Immediately the devil no longer appeared to him. Adam truly persevered for forty days, standing in penitence in the waters of the Jordan. Eve said to Adam, Long may you live, my lord. To you is my life submitted, since you did not take part in either the first or second collusion. But I conspired and was seduced, because I did not keep the commandment of God. Now separate me from the light of this life. I will go to the west and I will be there until I die. 
She then began to walk toward the western regions and began to wail and weep bitterly with great moaning. She made there a dwelling, being three months pregnant. When the time of her delivery approached, she began to be distressed with pains, and she cried out to the Lord, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, help me. She was not heard, nor was the mercy of God toward her. She said to herself, Who will tend my Lord Adam? I beseech you, lights of the heavens, when you turn again to the east, tell my Lord Adam. In that very hour Adam said, The lament of Eve has come to me. Perhaps a serpent has fought with her again. Walking, he found her in great distress. Eve said, How is it that I see you, my Lord? My soul has grown cold being in such pains. Now pray to the Lord God on my behalf that he might hear you and look down upon me and free me from my very bad pains. Adam then prayed to the Lord for Eve. And behold, twelve angels came in two virtues, standing to the right and to the left of Eve. Michael was standing to her right and touched his face to her chest and said to Eve, Blessed are you, Eve, on account of Adam, for his prayers and supplications are great. I was sent to you that you might receive our help. Arise now and prepare yourself for birth. She brought forth a son who shone brilliantly. At once the infant stood up and ran out and brought some grass with his own hands and gave it to his mother. His name was called Cain. Adam took Eve and the boy and led them to the east. The Lord God sent various seeds by Michael the angel, who gave them to Adam and showed them how to work and tend the ground in order to have fruit from which they and all their generations might live. Afterwards, Eve conceived and bore a son, whose name was Abel, and Cain and Abel remained together as one. Eve said to Adam, My lord, while asleep I saw a vision like the blood of our son Abel on the hand of Cain, who tasted it with his mouth. On account of this I am pained. Adam said, Woe! Let not Cain kill Abel, but let us separate them from each other and make separate houses for them. They made Cain to be a farmer and Abel to be a shepherd that they might thus be separated from each other. But even after this, Cain killed Abel. Adam was then 130 years old. Abel was killed when he was 122 years old. After this, Adam knew his wife and begot a son and called his name Seth. Adam said to Eve, Behold, I have begotten a son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. After Adam begot Seth, he lived for 800 years and begot 30 sons and 30 daughters, 63 altogether, and they were multiplied over the earth in its nations. Adam said to Seth, Let me recount for you what I have heard and seen. After I and your mother were cast out of paradise, when we were at prayer, the archangel Michael, the messenger of God, came to me. I saw a chariot like the wind, and its wheels were afire, and I was caught up into the paradise of the just. I saw the Lord seated, his face like fire burning intolerably. Many thousands of angels were at the right and at the left of his chariot. Seeing this, I was disturbed, and fear seized me, and I worshipped before God above the face of the earth. Then God said to me, Behold, you shall die because you transgress the commandment of God, because you hearken more to the voice of your wife, whom I gave over to your control, that you might have her in your will. You listened to your her, and transgressed my words. When I heard these words of God, falling down on the ground, I worshipped the Lord and said, 
My Lord, almighty and merciful God, holy and faithful, do not let the name of the memory of your majesty be destroyed, but turn my soul around, for I will die and my spirit will go forth from my mouth. Do not cast me out from your sight, whom you formed from the dust of the earth, nor put me out from your grace whom you nourished. Behold, your word has come over me. Then the Lord God said to me, Since your days are numbered, you have become attentive to knowledge, my very bad pains. On account of this, no one shall ever be taken from your offspring to minister unto me. When I heard these words, I prostrated myself on the ground and worshipped the Lord God, saying, You are the eternal and most high God. All creatures give you honor and praise. You are above all, the shining light, the true light, the living life, the virtue of incomprehensible greatness. To you the spiritual virtues give honor and praise. With the human race you show the great deeds of your mercy. After I worshipped the Lord God, straightway Michael, the archangel of God, took my hand and threw me out of the paradise of God's visitation and commanding. Michael, holding in his hand a rod, touched the waters which surrounded paradise, and they froze. Then I crossed over, and Michael crossed over with me, and brought me again to the place from which he had taken me. Hear also, my son Seth, the other mysteries and promised things to come, which have been revealed to me. By eating of the tree of knowledge I have known and understood the things which are in this age, which God will do to his creature, the human race. The Lord will appear in a flame of fire. From the mouth of his majesty he will give commandment and precepts to all. From his mouth will go forth a sword, sharp on both edges, and they will sanctify him in the house of the dwelling of his majesty. He will show to them the marvelous place of his majesty. Then they will build a house for the Lord God on my behalf, that he might hear you and look down upon me, and free me from Lord their God in the land which he will prepare for them. And there they will transgress his precepts. Their sanctuary will be set afire, and their land shall be desolate, and they themselves will be dispersed because they provoked God. But again, on the third seventh day, he will save them from their dispersion, and they will build once more the house of God, and it will then be higher than it was before. But once again, iniquity will conquer justice. After this, God will dwell, living with men on the earth. Then justice will begin to shine, and the house of the Lord will be honored forever. The opponents will no more be able to kill men who believe in God. God will then receive unto himself a faithful people who will be saved forever and ever. But the impious who do not wish to love his law will be punished by God their king. Heaven and earth, night and day, and all creatures will obey him and will not transgress his commandment, nor will they alter his works. Men who forsake the law of the Lord, however, will be changed. On account of this, the Lord will cast away from himself the impious, but the just will shine like the sun in the sight of God. At that time, men will be purified by water of their sins. Those unwilling to be purified by water will be condemned. Blessed will be the man who shall amend his soul when the judgments and great deeds of God will be among men. Their deeds will be investigated by God, the just judge. After Adam reached the age of 930 years, knowing that his days were ended, he said to Eve, 
Gather about me all my children, that I might bless them before I die, that I might speak with them. They were gathered before his sight, in front of the oratory where he worshipped the Lord God. They numbered fifteen thousand men, not counting women and children. They asked him, and when they had all been gathered, they said with one voice, What is wrong with you, Father, that you have gathered us together? Why are you lying on your bed? Answering, Adam said, My children, I am in great pain. All his children said to him, What does mean, Father, to have great pain? Then his son Seth said, Lord, do you perhaps long for some of the fruit of paradise, which you used to eat, and therefore you lie there saddened? Tell me, and I will go up to the gates of paradise, and cast dust on my head, and throw myself on the ground before the gates of paradise, mourning in great lamentation, beseeching the Lord. Perhaps he will hear me and send his angel to bring me some of the fruit you desire. Adam answered and said, No, my son, I do not desire it, even though I am suffering infirmity and great pain in my body. Seth answered, What is pain, my lord father, for I do not know? Do not send us away, but tell us, for inwardly we do not know. Adam answered and said, Hear me, my children. When God made us, me and your mother, and placed us in paradise, and gave us all fruit-bearing trees for food, he forbade us, saying, Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is in the midst of paradise, you may not eat. God, however, gave part of paradise to me, and part to your mother. To me he gave the tree of the eastern and northern part, which is against the north, and to your mother he gave the southern and western part. The Lord God gave us two angels to watch over us. The hour came for the angels to ascend to the sight of God for worship. At once the devil, our adversary, found the place. Then she ate and gave to me to eat. Immediately the Lord God grew angry with us and said to me, Because you have forsaken my mandate and have not kept my word which I entrusted to you, I will bring upon your body seventy afflictions. You will be racked with pains from the top of your head, eyes and ears to the bottom of your feet, and in every single member, as he counted as punishment fitting and suffering to the seriousness of our transgression, concerning the trees of suffering for the transgression of the fruit of the tree. The Lord sent all these ills upon me and all our generations. Saying this to all his children, Adam was seized with great pains, and crying out with a great voice, he said, What shall I do? I who am unfortunate, being in so much pain. When Eve saw him, she began to cry and said, My Lord God, transfer his pain over to me, since it was I who sinned. Eve then said to Adam, My Lord, give me part of your pain, since by me this blame came upon you. Adam then said to Eve, Rise, go with my son Seth, near to the gates of paradise, and cast dust on your heads, and prostrate yourself on the ground lamenting in the sight of God. Perhaps he will take pity and send his angel over to the tree of his mercy, from which flows the oil of life, and will give you a little of it with which to anoint me so that I may have rest from these pains with which I am consumed. Seth and his mother went away to the gates of paradise. As they were walking, there suddenly appeared the serpent, the beast, who attacked and bit Seth. When Eve saw this, she said, Alas, woe is me! For I am cursed because I did not keep the precepts of the Lord. Eve said to the serpent in a great voice, O cursed beast, why are you not afraid to cast yourself at the image of God, but dare to fight against it? Why have your teeth prevailed? The beast answered in a human voice, O Eve, was our malice ever not against you? Isn't our anger against you? Tell me, Eve, how could you open your mouth to eat the fruit which the Lord God commanded you not to eat? 
Now, however, you are not able to bear it, if I should begin to reproach you. Then Seth said to the beast, May the Lord God reproach you. Be mute, grow silent, close your mouth, cursed enemy of the truth, disorder of destruction. Fall back from the image of God until the day when the Lord God shall order you to be brought in for trial. The beast said to Seth, Behold, I am going away, just as you have said, from the face of the image of God. At once the wound from its teeth disappeared from Seth. Seth and his mother then walked to the region of paradise for the oil of mercy to anoint the sick Adam. Arriving at the gate of paradise, they picked up dust from the ground and cast it on their heads and prostrated themselves on the ground and began to lament with a great moan, beseeching the Lord God that he might have mercy on Adam and his pains and send his angel to give them some oil from the tree of his mercy. 41 and 41.1 from the Gospel of Nicodemus. After they had prayed and pleaded for many hours, behold, the angel Michael appeared to them and said, I was sent to you by the Lord. I was given power over the human body. I tell you, Seth, man of God, do not weep, praying and pleading for the oil of the tree of mercy to anoint your father Adam on account of the pains of his body. For in no wise can you receive any until the last days, after 550 years have passed. Then the most loving King of God will come upon the earth to resurrect the body of Adam, and with him the bodies of all the dead. The very Son of God, when he comes, will be baptized in the river Jordan, and when he comes forth from the water of the Jordan, he will then anoint all who believe in him with the oil of his mercy. This oil of mercy will be from generation to generation on those who are reborn of water and the Holy Spirit into eternal life. Then the most loving Son of God will descend into the earth and lead your father, Adam, back into paradise to the tree of mercy and of Nicodemus. But you, Seth, go to your father, Adam, for the time of his life is complete. Six days hence, his soul will go forth from his body, and when it does, you will see great wonders in heaven and on earth, and in the lights of heaven. Saying this, Michael at once withdrew from Seth. Seth and Eve went home, carrying with them a small branch, and spices, nard, crocus, calamint, and cinnamon. When Seth and his mother reached Adam, they said to him all that had been done on the way, and said that the beast the serpent had bitten Seth. Adam said to Eve, What have you done? You have brought on us a great affliction, a fault and sin unto all our generations. What you have done will be passed on to your children after my death. For those who arise from us will not have all they need from their labors, but will be lacking. They will curse us, saying, Our parents who were from the beginning brought all these evils on us. Hearing this, Eve began to weep and moan. Just as Michael had predicted, after six days the death of Adam came. When Adam knew that the hour of his death had come, he said to all his children, Now I am nine hundred thirty years old, and if I die, bury me beside the great garden of God, near his dwelling. And it happened that, when he had finished all his words, he gave up his spirit. The sun, moon, and stars grew dark for seven days. Seth embraced the body of his father and mourned over it. Eve cast her eyes upon the ground with her hands clasped above her head and her head placed on her knees. All her children wept with very bitter tears. Then Michael the angel appeared, standing at Adam's head, and said to Seth, Arise from the body of your father, and come with me and see what the Lord God has arranged for him. He is his creature, and he has taken pity on him.
Then all the angels, playing trumpets, said, Blessed are you, Lord, for you have taken pity on your creature. Then Seth saw the hand of the Lord outstretched, holding Adam. He handed him over to Michael, saying, Let him be in your care until the day of retribution, in supplication until the last years, when I shall change his mourning into joy. Then he will sit on the throne of him who beguiled him. Again the Lord said to the angels Michael and Uriel, Bring me three linen shrouds and stretch them over Adam. Bring other shrouds and stretch them over Abel his son. Then bury Adam and his son. And all the virtues of the angels processed before Adam. And thus was the dormition of the dead sanctified. The angels Michael and Uriel buried Adam and Abel in the regions of paradise, which Seth and his mother saw, but no one else. Michael and Uriel, just as you see us doing, likewise bury your dead. Six days after Adam's death, Eve knew her own death was near, so she gathered together all her sons and daughters, who were Seth along with his thirty brothers and thirty sisters. Eve said to them all, Hear me, my children, that I might recount for you how I and your father transgressed the precept of God. Michael the archangel said to us, On account of your conspiracies, our Lord will bring upon your race the wrath of his judgment, first by water and second by fire. By these two will the Lord judge all the human race. But hear me, my children, make tablets of stone and other tablets of earth, and write on them my whole life and that of your father which you have heard from us and seen. If he judges our race by water, the tablets of earth will dissolve, but the tablets of stone will endure. If, however, he judges our race by fire, the tablets of stone will be destroyed, but the tablets of earth will be fired. When she had said all these things to her children, she stretched out her hand toward heaven, knelt upon the earth, worshiped God, and giving thanks, gave up her spirit. Afterwards, all her children buried her with great weeping. After they had mourned her for four days, Michael appeared to them and said to Seth, Man of God, mourn no longer than six days, for the seventh day is the sign of the resurrection, the repose of the coming age, and on the seventh day the Lord rested from all his works. Indeed rested from all his work, as the eighth day is the sign of the future and eternal blessedness in which all the holy will reign throughout the endless ages with the Creator and Savior himself, in both soul and body, never again to die. Amen. Then Seth made tablets. Seth made two tablets of stone and two of earth, and he devised the caps of letters, and wrote on them the life of his father, Adam, and his mother, Eve, which he had heard from them and seen with his own eyes. He placed the tablets in the middle of his father's house, in the oratory where he prayed to the Lord. After the flood, these written tablets were seen by many men, but were legible to no one. Solomon, however, being wise, saw the writing and prayed to the Lord. There appeared to him an angel of the Lord, saying, I am he who held the hand of Seth, that he might write these stones with his finger. You will be knowledgeable of these writings, so that you might know and understand whence they are. But all these stone contain, and where the oratory was where Adam and Eve worshipped the Lord God. You must build there the temple of the Lord, which is the house of prayer. Then Solomon completed the temple of the Lord, and called these letters Achilleasai, that is, written without the teaching of words, 
or in Latin, teaching written without lips, or in Latin, parchments written without the teaching of books. So Solomon completed the temple of the Lord God and called these letters Achilleusai, that is written by the finger of Seth, while the angel of the Lord held his hand. On these stones was found what Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied before the flood about the coming of Christ. Behold, the Lord will come in his sanctuary, in his holy soldiers, to render judgment on all, and to accuse the impious of all their works by which they have spoken concerning him, sinners and pious murmurers, and the irreligious who have lived according to their feelings of desire, and whose mouths have spoken pridefully. Those whose mouths have spoken pridefully will go to Hades, but the just will surely go rejoicing into the kingdom of heaven. Adam entered paradise after forty days, and Eve after eighty. Adam was in paradise for seven years, and near to the day they moved each one of the beasts. It must be known that the body of Adam was formed of eight parts. The first part was of the dust of the earth, from which was made his flesh, and thereby he was sluggish. The next part was of the sea, from which was made his blood, and thereby he was aimless and fleeing. The third part was of the stones of the earth, from which his bones were made, and thereby he was hard and covetous. The fourth part was of the clouds, from which were made his thoughts, and thereby he was immoderate. The fifth part was of the wind, from which was made his breath, and thereby he was fickle. The sixth part was of the sun, from which were made his eyes, and thereby he was handsome and beautiful. The seventh part was of the light of the world, from which he was made pleasing, and thereby he had knowledge. The eighth part was of the Holy Spirit, from which was made his soul, and thereby are the bishops, saints, and the elect of God. It must also be known that God made and formed Adam in that place where Jesus was born, that is, in the city of Bethlehem, which is in the center of the earth. There Adam was made from the four corners of the earth, when angels brought some of the dust of the earth from its parts, viz. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Uriel. This earth was white and pure like the sun, and it was gathered together from the four rivers, that is, the Gion, Phizon, Tigris, and Euphrates. Man was made in the image of God, and he blew into his face the breath of life, which is the soul. For just as he was gathered from the four rivers, thus from the four winds he received his breath. When Adam was made and there was no name assigned to him yet, the Lord said to the four angels to seek a name for him. Michael went out to the east and saw the eastern star, named Ancolim, and took its first letter from it. Gabriel went out to the south and saw the southern star, named Dysus, and took its first letter from it. Raphael went out to the north and saw the northern star, named Arthos, and took its first letter from it. Uriel went out to the west and saw the western star, named Mensembrion, and took its first letter from it. When the letters were brought together, the Lord said to Uriel, Read these letters. He read them and said, Adam. The Lord said, Thus shall his name be called. Here ends the life of our protoplast, Adam, and his wife, Eve.